What did we learn from the first round of wild player exit interviews? We discuss today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we take a look at the first round of Wild player exit interviews. We'll learn the extent of Jewel Erickson X injury that he tried to play through, as well as some uh, comments that really struck me from Matt Boldy and Ryan Hartman. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. You can download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. For those listening for the first time, welcome. And for the everydayers, glad to have you back. We had the first round of Wild player exit interviews uh, yesterday and heard from several Wild players as to the ends of their season, obviously a lot of disappointment, but we now can confirm Jewel Erickson Eck tried to play through a broken fibula, and it just did not hold up, uh, as Erickson Eck said himself. Uh, and so we knew it was pretty bad uh, after that blocked shot against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It just goes to show that the guy is um, is an absolute warrior out there on the ice. And I go back to what uh, Kevin Gorg said in one of the postcasts after that Eriksonak injury is that, you know, you can, you can practice all you want up to a certain point uh, because a lot of that is controlled movement. And it is something that when you get to that game experience – you just don't know, and you are maybe going to you're going out of your way to limit your movement in a particular way, but just the live in-game action sometimes leads to you doing some things that uh, that you didn't really intend to do, and so Erickson Eck skating and uh, just leg just did not hold up, so he had surgery on it and expects to be ready to go uh, for training camp next year. But I I give him props for trying, but, uh, man, I, I would not be able to even walk around with that type of an injury, let alone try to get myself ready to play with that type of an injury. So that was, that was one of the big ones uh, that we gleaned from the exit interviews. Also, interesting in Kirill Kaprizov's comments to the media that even though it didn't look like it, he was 100%. He said his injury was fully healed. Just with missing a month, it was hard for him to uh, to get into a rhythm. And this is why I kind of held off on 
talking about the fact that Kaprizov only had one goal in the series against the Stars. Um, and, you know, a lot of this can just be lip service. It could be that he still isn't 100%, but is downplaying the effects that the injury had against him. But it is fair to say that he did not look like himself with the exception of a couple of games during that series. Now, some of that was what Pete DeBoer was able to do defensively to take Kaprizov out of the equation. And after what we saw last year, in which Kaprizov basically took over that series and just didn't get any help from um, from anybody else, now we can say, well, he's going to need to be better in postseasons to come. You can't have your superstar player score one goal in a series and expect to uh, expect to do well in it. And the other part is that even with that, it still was a series that was definitely there for the taking. So had Kaprizov done a little more you maybe have a different outcome in addition to all the other things that uh, that weighed into that series. So thought it was interesting, too, that we heard um, from Kaprizov himself that, yeah, injury was fine. It was 100%, and um, it, it just took him too long to get into a rhythm with missing a, uh, a full month of the season. Uh, we also heard from... Newcomer defenseman Brock Faber, who said that he is tired of losing, uh, has lost a lot over the uh, the last couple of months. With obviously the Gophers in the national championship game, and now the Wild against the Dallas Stars, and so I would imagine it'll be interesting to see what we get from Brock Faber going forward. He figures into the plans, obviously, on defense quite substantially. We saw really, really good things from him in his uh, rookie cup of tea with a few games in the regular season and then during the postseason against the Dallas Stars. Was not on the ice for a single Stars goal in the series, which is something. That is uh, that is not that is no small feat for a rookie defenseman to hop in and to uh, play as well as he did during the course of that series. And as we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, there were some injuries in Game 6 that led to him getting some additional ice time, but man, it, it just it's hard to argue against anything other than Faber absolutely looked the part of an NHL defenseman and looks like a guy that is going to build off of that and continue to get better as he goes, which is a great sign, I think, for this Minnesota Wild team to throw him into that decor mix and uh, to get some good things from him next year and beyond. So plenty of other players to discuss. Uh, obviously, a big injury that happened in Game 6 that we now know about was Mad Dumba. And so we'll talk about his exit interview as well as several other players as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after a word from our sponsor, which for today's episode of Locked on Wild is game time. There should be nothing that is as stressful as trying to pick up tickets on the day of a game. 
Let's say you want to go to the second round opening night of uh, one of your favorite NHL teams. You should be able to just go grab the tickets, right? Game Time is here to help you do just that. They have plenty of great deals such as flash deals on last-minute tickets. They make it easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, not just sports. They have images of seat views plus lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day for the everydayers. We will be discussing Bill Guerin and Dean Evison's comments today on tomorrow's show as they are expected to chat with the media uh, later today. So we'll uh, have a full breakdown of those comments for you on tomorrow's show. Continuing to weave through some of the player exit interviews from yesterday, let's talk Matt Dumba. We wondered what happened to Dumba in the third period of Game 6 because he uh, it, it seemed weird that he would not be out there in what is likely his final game as a member of the Minnesota Wild. Turns out it was a concussion that kept him out of the lineup. And actually it was Jonas Brodeen who alerted the medical staff that, hey, something is up with Dumba. You can't put him back out there um, on the ice. And so a, a tough situation, obviously not the end that Dumba wanted to his Minnesota Wild career. But, and, and we'll do full, we'll do a full breakdown on Matt Dumba's Wild career at some point here in the offseason. But it is just... Impressive, I think, the level that Dumba found in his game over the last few weeks of the season. With that finish line in view, he obviously wanted to go out on top and played some of the best hockey that he has in years, um, was more physical on the ice. That was, I think, the biggest thing that he was able to bring was just hitting everything that moved out there on the ice and really just laying everything that he had out there, and I think that is the big overall arc for Matt Dumba is to remember the play that he brought to this team as opposed to kind of what happened to him after that fight with uh, one of the Kachuk brothers. His, His production obviously curtailed after that, but Dumba was at his peak a really solid offensive defenseman for this team and was just a, a huge part of the power play, was a huge part of the just overall scoring. And he wants to come back. I just I don't see there being any way financially that that is going to be able to happen with the limited funds that this team has to work with and a few bigger higher priced items to attend to. I don't think there is really any way that Dumba comes back. And honestly, 
I think he's going to end up getting a solid deal on the market based off of how he finished the season as opposed to how he started it. There are teams throughout the league that value that sort of play. And so I I think he's going to get something from somebody else that the Wild just are not going to be able to match. And that's just how it goes. It just has gotten to this point. We knew it was coming for a while, and now it finally has gotten to the end of the journey. And so you appreciate how the journey went, and you move on. That's just how it works in sports. So we'll appreciate what we got from Matt Dumba throughout his wild portion of his career, but now it's time for him to write a new chapter. Obviously, we heard from a few of the other trade deadline acquisitions. Gustav Nyquist, who appreciated Bill Guerin taking a chance on him, and it could not have worked out any better uh, from what Nyquist was able to give this team. Honestly, would have liked to have seen him put into an opportunity to give a little more, but that did not end up happening. Would love the opportunity, Nyquist would, to come back. If that opportunity presents itself, it's going to come down to the money. But if we're looking at players from this unrestricted free agent pool that it would be worthwhile to look into bringing back, Nyquist absolutely has to be one of them. There is value in that type of playmaking style that he brings, and it's it's puck handling, it's stick handling, There just was a lot to like about what we saw from Gustav Nyquist over the final 10 games of the season, which I think he had points in nine of them, um, including the postseason. There's a lot to like about what we saw from Gustav Nyquist's game, and depending on the price, if you could bring a guy like that back, I think you absolutely have to look into it. Marcus Johansson, another guy who said that he would be 100% open to returning to the team, um depending on how things go in free agency. Johansson, another guy who showed a very solid skill set with speed. And let's not forget that during the regular season, that line of him, Boldy, and Erickson Eck terrorized the NHL when they were all fully healthy and were clicking on all cylinders. So there would be something there too. But again, you have to prioritize some guys at the, uh, the top of the list for um, who to resign and who not to. And we'll, everydayers will hear over the next few days into next week how we prioritize those restricted free agents, those unrestricted free agents. Guys like Johansson and Nyquist will be on the list, but it's it. there are a few other guys, Philip Gustafson for one, that we'll talk about here in a little bit, that just have to um, have to come higher on the list than um, than Johansson does. Now let's talk about some player accountability. That was something that uh, we were looking for as well after the uh, the first round exit. Matt Boldy had some interesting comments, I thought, uh, as to his postseason saying that he did not perform to the level that he should have. And I thought, This just one sentence I thought was really interesting from Boldy. It's not pressure, it's expectation. And that is, you know, that's a guy who, yes, he's he's still a a young kid, 
um, in just his second league in the NHL. But I think we're starting to see Boldy grasp what is needed from him as a guy who, when Kirill Kaprizov was injured, he stepped up and became the alpha dog. He was the guy who was leading the charge offensively for this team, 13 goals in the month of March with Kirill on the shelf. So he knows, Boldy knows, that him being the second option on this team, that his performance is going to need to be better uh, going forward, and I'm sure it will be. It, it obviously was a, a tough situation, all these injuries that uh, that the team dealt with, and I've seen a lot of comments on YouTube, uh, on Twitter, that uh, that have said, you know, you have to put a little more skill around your top players, in particular at the center position. We'll get into all of that, but you know, we you want to see when when something happens like this first round exit did. You want to see the players kind of own up to that moment, and Matt Boldy did with his comments. I always, I also thought Ryan Hartman's comments were uh, were interesting as well. As uh, Hartman said, we can talk about it all we want. You can say all the right things and make ourselves look good to you guys and the fans, saying, "Oh, we got to do this, we got to do that," but none of that really matters. You just got to do it. You can't talk about it all the time, and that also rings really true um, for postseason play is you can say all the right things. You can say, well, we just have to find a way to elevate our game from what we did in the regular season. But Hartman's 100% on is that you just, you have to do it. Like it's, it's good that players know that they need to, um, that they need to step up, that they need to play better when the postseason gets here. But you've said it, great. Now go do it. And Hartman, another player who fought through some injuries um, at the end of the season, he's he's waiting to determine whether or not surgery is going to be needed for the knee injury that he sustained in Game 1. Pretty obvious that he was gutting through it, but uh, guy is just a grinder. Ryan Hartman is just, he, he's one of those guys that just you need on a team. And I know the beginning of the season did not go according to plan for him, but really made up for it in the back half of the season, getting back to the level that he was at last year. And it's it's good to see, it's good to hear that uh, that Hartman is kind of leading that charge as to we can say all we want uh, about not performing as well as we should have in this postseason, but you just at the end of the day, you just got to do that. That that sentence is just that rings true um, as for what needs to happen for this team going forward. Now, Kirill Kaprizov also, as we uh, as we alluded to, he spoke um, talked about his status being one hundred percent. He also seemed pretty upset as to how things went in this first round series saying that the team hates to lose at home they hate losing in particular and uh, that they just have to find a way to be better and so you want to see your top guys take it personal nobody likes to lose and so I think Kirill's overall demeanor in being really frustrated as to what happened take that harness it and use it 
next season and beyond. Learn from that. Build from that. Figure out a way next year to try to overcome what Pete DeBoer is doing to take you out of the game. Learning experience. Build from it. Move on from it. A lot of interesting comments in uh, what we saw from the players in their exit interviews. Now, we have not discussed the goalies because the goalies both had plenty to say um, in the exit interviews. And so we'll finish today's show discussing what we heard from Philip Gustafson and Marc-Andre Fleury. That is on the way next here on Locked on Wild. Our next partner is a product I use every single day of the week. I started taking AG1 because it helps you really simplify your vitamin and supplement routine. All it takes is one delicious scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Plus, AG1 is lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, make sure you tune in tomorrow as we break down Bill Guerin and Dean Evison's comments to wrap up the season. I'm sure there will be plenty to discuss from both Bill Guerin and Dean Evison. So we'll have you covered with that for tomorrow's show. We'll also be doing a uh, full season recap with Kevin Gorg. Um, and uh, we've got a couple of other guests that we are uh, working to line up for the rest of the week as well. Philip Gustafson talking about his performance in the postseason, saying that uh, it was a fun year after the slow start, but was kind of critical of his performance as well after Game 1, said he was average at best after his Game 1 win against the Stars. And some of it is just experiencing the postseason for the first time, learning the level of concentration that it takes, the focus, everything that it takes to be on your A game. Talked about some of the goals that were let in um, with the Stars on special teams. And it was interesting most in his comments about um, his impending new deal because he is a restricted free agent, so he's going to need to have a new contract put in. There are rumblings that a team could try to offer sheet him and put him in a position where the Wild just cannot match. But Gustafson point blank said, I told my agent, just call me when the deal's done. He's a guy that really seems like he doesn't care about that part of it now and just wants to get it done so that he can focus on getting himself ready to be a bigger part 
of the goalie rotation come next year. Said his focus 100% is going to be on conditioning in the offseason, getting himself as ready as he can to take a lion's share of the goalie rotation because here's the other part of this. Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be back. He said he is not retiring. Also said that he is not interested in relocating, going somewhere else. And so your goalie rotation, after Gustafson signs his deal, is going to be Fleury and Gustafson again. Fleury did, however, say that he is less worried about role. And that is important because it has been 1A, 1B uh, for this past season where you basically have two guys that you are confident uh, can get it done every night of the week. Being comfortable with not having that and being a true backup is it, it's it's an interesting step for a guy like Mark Andre Fleury. We didn't think this past year that he was going to be amenable to that. And with this being his probably final year in the league, uh, it, it is something that I think is relieving to Wild fans that hey, Philip Gustafson's going to get the lion's share of the starts, more starts than he got this past season, uh, and that Flurry will be the true 1B or backup guy. Now, that sounds all well and good now, but we know what we've seen over the last couple of seasons. This team tends to favor a true rotation. So do we get some deviation from that, where Gustafson maybe gets two starts to every one flurry start, or when you have really tough teams coming up, does Gustafson get both of the tough ones and you throw flurry in to give Gustafson a breather? Saying it is one thing, doing it is another. Ryan Hartman nailed it. Saying it is one thing, doing it is another. And that is going to be a big theme for this team going into next season. And uh, so that um, that goalie rotation will be one to watch, and we'll break this all down as the offseason further unfolds. Uh, I wanted to finish with Ryan Reeves' comments because Reeves talked about um, how this team responded to what happened in the opening round, which is to say they really didn't. And Reeves, amenable to returning, wants to return to this group, but sounds like a guy that wants more than one year, which is where that might be tricky for this team to to make work financially. So if he's going to stay, it's going to have to be for close to, or if not at, league minimum, because it, it was the same thing with Nick Delorier after last season. When the Flyers came knocking, there just was no way that you can allocate that type of money. And it's not like it's a lot. Delorier got two, two and a half, I think, per year. It just was the fact that the Flyers gave him four seasons as well as a no-trade clause. Like, there is no part of that type of contract that makes sense for the Wild to try to match. So that's that's why Delorier left... um, 
I, I thought Reeves was a, a pretty big catalyst to this team turning things around in the regular season. But then come postseason time, that fourth line went awfully quiet. So, again, saying it is one thing, doing it is another. Reeves also talked about the uh, the team's response to some of the officiating. He said, maybe we let the refs get to us too much and let the calls get to us. Maybe not. Maybe we need some more resolve in some areas. Saying it is one thing, doing it is another. That that might end up being the crowning phrase for the Wild in 2023-2024 um, because it seems like that's been a common refrain from the players uh, throughout these exit interviews. Now, the big ones, obviously, Bill Guerin and Dean Evason. So we will have a full breakdown of their comments on tomorrow's show. So make sure that you uh, tune in tomorrow as we discuss everything that Dean Evason and Bill Guerin had to say about the season and how we move on from here. Uh, for the everydayers, you can tune in for that tomorrow. If this is your first time listening to Locked on Wild, we welcome you in and hope that you uh, stick around and join the ever-expanding Locked on Wild listener base uh, that has made this show uh, as successful as it has become. Make sure you follow on YouTube and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes as we move into off-season mode. We'll keep you up to date on everything Minnesota Wild related. So make sure that you tune in as we keep you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.